Hi, this is Zach. And Kayla. This week is brought to you by PBR, uh, Six Degrees Chardonnay out of Napa, and of course, Eagle Rare Whiskey again out of Kentucky. Yep. And this is um, Bar Hoppin' and House Shoppin' for our episode three. We're pretty excited to be here. Thanks for staying with us this long. Those of you that are still here. <laughs> We're looking at you. <laughs> Um, so the way that we typically get our featured drinks for the show is every Friday, the liquor store behind our house, shout out Plaza Liquor, woo woo, does a tasting. They usually have a beer there, a wine, a couple wines there, a liquor. And the first time we went, they had pizza. Mm -hmm. And so... I usually buy one of the things that we taste there. It's a good sales tool. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks again for joining us for episode three. We're really grateful for you. And um, if you like what you hear, I would encourage you to subscribe and share with your friends because that's the only way we can grow. So appreciate you. Love you. Share, subscribe on your favorite listening tool, except for iPodcasts or what's it called on iTunes? Because we are not there yet. I don't know. I don't believe in Apple products, so. <laughs> We're available on Google Podcasts, though. Yeah. And then Anchor just got acquired by Spotify, so. Yeah. Woo woo. Should be available in a lot more places. Yep. So subscribe and share. Love you. Um. A lot of you guys are joining right now because you're very curious about the adorable house that we have posted all over social media this week. And we want to tell you a little bit about that house. You want to start? Well, it was the perfect house. I think any, well, almost perfect. I guess there's no perfect house. Right. Everything besides this tiny backyard, I guess, was perfect. The backyard was small. But some people want a small backyard, so it could be perfect to those people. Some people enjoy a bigger backyard. Like myself. A little more junk in the trunk, if you will. Yes, like myself. <laughs> so, uh, three bedroom, two bath. Uh, the guy who had it, was selling it, was actually... Um, a flipper had been flipping homes with partners for years, correct? I think, yep. And uh, this was his first project on his own, had just branched out on his own and started his new business. And damn, did he do a good job. Talk about the finishes a little bit. <laughs> You're better uh, at that. Do you have the letter? I'll get it. I do not have the letter. I'll get it. You talk. Uh, uh, the, I think the finishes were exactly what we or maybe more I was looking for. This was a house that was built in 1926. Had a lot of character. Um, beautiful arched doorways, brick. Really cool. Um, just details up on the peaks of the roofs and everything like that. But he had gone through and completely redone everything. I mean, top to bottom. Um 
all the light fixtures, completely pulled out all the knob and tube wiring, re rewired the house, uh, brand new, really nice uh, dimensional lifetime shingle on it, new HVAC system, um, completely redid all the kitchen. Pretty much just everything was done. You would never have to worry about anything for at least another 15 years. Everything, you know, the major cost items, you know, roofs and all the mechanicals and anything like that. Double sealant paint in the basement. Mm -hmm. What was it called? Lock? It was dry a, lock? Yeah, dry lock. Did three coats of that down there. It's a really bright, surprisingly bright basement. Clean. It's still old rock basement, but had some nice windows. Somewhere you can actually hang out in or just not feel like you're in a horror movie doing <laughs> laundry at night. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But yeah, everything was pretty much done. We loved it. It was a Except little. Except the yard was not done. Right. They had seeded it, hoping that grass would take over the winter. The thawing and freezing is supposed to be good for seed, supposedly. Yards are hard to grow, though. So that's a lot of work that you're asking someone to do. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we loved it. We thought it was a great house. Um, and it's in a really popular neighborhood in Kansas City called West Plaza, which is just west of the shopping district. Very popular bar scene and restaurant scene and um, really high-income neighborhood. Uh, Zach and I probably never thought that we'd be buying such a nice house in that neighborhood. I didn't. White trash with cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the asking price from the flipper, we'll call him the flipper. It's a great name. It reminds me of a dolphin or something. Was $325,000, which for the neighborhood, um, average price per square footage in West Plaza was $170-ish per square foot. Um, this guy was asking $257 per square foot. And Zach and I both agreed that it was worth putting in a little bit of extra money because uh, everything was done, like you said, and we wouldn't have to do any work for 15 years at least. Um, but $257 to $170 is a big reach. And so we tried to bridge the gap and we actually made an offer on... Sunday? Monday? Monday. Monday. After the Super Bowl. We actually, uh, sitting and we went and revisited the home on, we visited on Saturday and then we revisited it. No, we didn't. We visited it twice on Sunday. Right. Once with our realtor, once without. Right. Um, actually, talk about the experience of visiting it without Becky. Um, or we showed up the end. There was an open house that day. We showed up at the end. Um, of course, when you go into an open house, the realtor that's trying to sell the house is there. Um, this one was a little pushier. Um, up until the point where she found out we were working with somebody else as well. She kind of let us do our own thing and walk around until we got to the kind end. Kind of. She literally sat down and said, you do your thing. Right. <laughs> So we got down, we went all, you know, we took a little bit more time, looked at everything again, even though we really knew we loved it, I think. Um, then we walked around. It's been a little kind of getting wet and then freezing and then getting warm again. So 
backyard with no grass was pretty muddy. God, we, it was gross. We still walked back there. We wanted to kind of see where we'd maybe need a little fence built and stuff like that. So our shoes got covered in mud. We hollered inside the door, hey, we're leaving. We're not going to walk back through the house. And then she really wanted to know if it was, you know, contender, if it was the best house we'd ever seen. <laughs> and Ever. It's and you kind of want to play your cards close to your chest in a situation like that. You don't want to give it away that, no, this is, I really want this house and blah, blah, blah. And thankfully, Becky prepped us. Yeah. I prepped mean, you. Becky said ahead of time, well, us. Well, no, you're a very complimentary person, though. I'm a really complimentary person. Um, even if your bangs are ugly, I'm going to say something nice about them. Like, Maybe the shape sucks, but you did a good highlight job. Like, I'm that type of person. I'll just keep my mouth shut or change the subject. <laughs> so, Becky prepped us when we were going back without her because she knew there was an open house. And she said, don't say a lot. She said, we need to keep our information to ourselves. You guys go back and see it. Say hi to Mary. Tell her you're working with me. And don't say anything else. And I think I did okay. You did good. So Mary was asking if it was the best. Mary's the other realtor. She's sweet as heck, but she obviously wants to get this house sold. So, <laughs> And shout out to Becky Hopkins with Better Home and Gardens, our realtor. That's we're talking about. <laughs> She's amazing. Becky with Better Homes and Gardens will actually be joining us next Friday to record episode four. So if you have any questions for a realtor that you just haven't ever talked to a realtor or you don't want to ask your realtor or whatever, send them over. Becky will answer them. She's phenomenal. So, um, yes. So Becky prepped me and she said, don't say anything. So Mary was saying, you know, do you, Mary was saying, do you think this is the best house? Right. Right. So I said, eh, well, I think we've seen a better one. We really liked this house in Brookside, which is another neighborhood. You know, the yard is kind of, eh, like, I really played it up, you guys. Tell them. <laughs> she tried her best. <laughs> I'm very competitive. <laughs> Not really. So then uh, we... Headed back up. No, well, we drove around the neighborhood for a while to get a feel for it. Made multiple trips around the <laughs> surrounding, you know, half mile radius. He's so nice, you guys. I enjoy driving, though. But we just want to get a feel for the area. It was um, very classy. Classier than we probably are, but... It's way classier than us. We like nice things, though. Zach likes nice things. I'm slowly converting you. <laughs> He's slowly converting me. You buy nice or you buy twice. Oh, that's such a good motto. Should that be I our motto? I didn't come up with it, but. Should that be our motto? Maybe. <laughs> so we did that for a while and then we came back home. We were trying to decide if we wanted to go back up to the office and meet Becky to put an offer in that night. Or should we just keep watching the Super Bowl and see how that goes? Well, that was a fucking snooze fest. <laughs> we were like, well, maybe the commercials will get better. So we slept on it. We did. 
and then we ended up making it off for the next day. I um, met Zach and Becky at the Better Homes and Gardens office during lunch. And we put together an offer, went through the contract, which is very important that you do with your realtor to make sure that you are protected in the contract, which going with someone that works for the real estate company like Better Homes and Gardens means that they have things in place to protect their buyers, but also um, those are required by most lenders. So make sure that you have those. So our first offer that we did, the house was listed for $325, which is an average of $257 per square foot. The first offer that we did um, was actually, it sounds pretty low, but if you look at um, how it compares to the average price of the neighborhood, was a pretty solid offer. This house is only 1,264 square feet, which is fairly small for Kansas City in general, but also this neighborhood specifically, which is why it's been on the market for 61 days when we made the offer. Is that right? I think it was 51 days. 51 days. The house was on the market for 51 days when we made the offer. Uh, we made an offer of $291,000 and we actually asked for $3,000 in closing costs because you might as well ask. You need to see at that point if they're going to be flexible with their price. Um, closing costs actually, um, just to go through this, whenever you're buying a house, not only do you have a down payment, but there's several thousand dollars that you have to put into, um, changing over the title of the house, um, taxes and fees on the house, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that sort of thing. And usually it's about... 5% or 10% of the home cost. I think it's like 5 to 10% of the home cost. Right? No, 10% would have been like... Oh, I'm sorry. 3% of the home cost. 1 to 3%? One, yeah. 1 to 3% of the home. So closing costs are typically, depending on the cost of the home, this home costs almost $300,000. So the closing cost would be about 3000 plus dollars. So we asked for 3000 in closing costs. So overall to the seller, the offer looks like it's a $288,000 offer on his $325 listing price, which we are very aware that this is slightly offensive. But after looking at all of the comps, which if you're working with a realtor, they will look at all the houses that have recently sold in the neighborhood all of the houses that are listed in the neighborhood and um, not selling. And through that process, you'll get a good idea of what a decent price is for homes in that neighborhood. So after looking at comps thoroughly with Becky, we felt that going in at 288 was a pretty solid offer. We were actually offering, remember the average price of a home in that neighborhood is 170 ish dollars per square foot. We were throwing in an offer of $227 per square foot, over $50 more than the average price of a home per square foot in that neighborhood. Sorry, we didn't tell you there was going to be math <laughs> in this episode. 
there will be a quiz at the end. <laughs> and we apologize dearly. So, um, but our realtor did most of the math for us and then just showed it to us. So uh, get yourself a realtor. Um, so we made this offer. We felt it was very solid. It was much higher than the average price per square foot of any home in the neighborhood. And less than, I think, probably like five hours later. It was promptly rejected. Pro no, it wasn't rejected. Well, not rejected. It was countered. It was countered for full price. Who counters for full price? The guy could have just rejected our offer. So Becky calls me, our realtor. And she says, Kayla. <laughs> he countered. At 325. I'm like, Becky, that's full price. She's like, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, we want to try a little bit harder. We wanted to start low with our offer so that we had some negotiation room so that when we went back, it would look like we were really given in, you know? So we went back with an offer at 295, which is $233 a square foot. With no closing cost, by with the way. With no closing cost which is $7,000 more than our original offer. We said, we feel really solid about this. Honestly, we can't really offer that much more than this anyway. So let's send it in. Let's see what he says. This guy is obviously one of those people that he's not looking for negotiation. No. He did amazing work, but it's still overpriced, probably. I mean, not much more than the average. I think a lot of those homes are well renovated when they're sold. It's a high, I think this neighborhood is high priced. Yeah. I think he just cared too much and probably over leveraged himself and put too much money into the house. Right. Which is right. possible. He's just trying, plus he's all by his lonesome now. I don't know what his financial situation looks like, but he, situation? Doesn't, he doesn't have What's a, a situation. It's a, where are you? Shit gets crazy. <laughs> he doesn't have partners or anything like that anymore, so it's all on him. To... He may have already paid his subcontractors too much. and Right. But even if that's the case, the buyer shouldn't have to pay too much for the home. In the end, after you put an offer on a home, even if you can afford it, the home has to appraise for what you're paying for. So if we were going to pay $325,000, if we were going to pay $325,000 after he approved, like, yeah, I'll sell my home for full price. After he approved that, we would still have to take it to an appraiser and the appraiser would have to say, yes or no, this home is worth $325,000, which based on the comps in the area, it's not. Right. Because the bank is not going to lend you more money than what it should be worth what because the house is worth. they technically own it. And if, you know, everything went south and they had to try to recoup their losses out of it, they want to be able to make that money. Exactly. So Because technically they own it and you get to keep your shit there for 30 years while you pay it off. <laughs> That's what buying a home is all about, honey. Cheers. <laughs> So that's another reason why we didn't want to offer too high because we knew that that neighborhood, even though the quality of the home was so good, 
the price was still too high. So we went back at two ninety five. Right. Didn't hear anything back. No. For we're, a long while. We were actually we, thinking yeah. maybe he does want to compromise. Maybe he was thinking about it. So <laughs> we went through a whole other night, right? And we picked out flowers for the flower boxes in front of the house mm -hmm. because we're adorable. <laughs> so we had another sleep. We had another sleep. Got up. Still hadn't heard anything. Yep. That went on for a while until... Late afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and then we heard that he countered, and we were, like, very excited about that. We're like, oh, he actually does want to negotiate. Great. Oh, he countered at full price. 325000 Bitch does not want to negotiate with us. But then um, our realtor said, you know, he wants to wait for the spring market. See, because the spring market is ideally when you want to buy and sell. There's much more housing inventory, and there's many more buyers. Nobody wants to move in the winter. We've already done it, so we're used to it. But, but also the spring market is almost two months away. So that's another two mortgage payments after you've already had the house on for two mortgage payments. So... That's four mortgage payments that you're having to add to the sell price to get what you want out of it. So we disagree with his business strategy, obviously. <laughs> but if it works for him, more power to him. If not, we'll see him in the spring when we're going to get exactly what we offered anyways for it. <laughs> Unless we find something else first. We're but keeping our eye on it. That was the other problem I've run into so far since we've done that. There hasn't been anything that really piqued our interest on the market so far. So and our I'm, we're on that stuff all day, every day. Yeah. So we're on Zillow pretty regularly, as we've talked about many times. Um, we also, Better Homes and Gardens actually got a new platform this week, which Zach and I have both um, logged into and downloaded and been browsing around on it's much more user-friendly than the old platform. So thank you, Becky, for giving that to us. You rock. And um, we, <laughs> we've been keeping an eye this week, but our goal as soon as we started house shopping was to see as many eligible houses on the market as we could so that we could see, we could get a good idea of what we wanted and what we didn't want. A few of our backup homes, second priority homes, went pending this week as well while we were waiting on our offer with Perfect House to be approved or disapproved. So um, now that that's happened, there's not much for us to look at. Right. It's like all you people that keep uh, potential mates on the back burner while you're pursuing your uh, one you really want. Until that doesn't work out. If you've ever they, been a backup mate. And then they <laughs> then then there's no one left and you're all by your lonesome. Yeah, that happened. That's the dog and the cat fight in the background. This is Bill Lynette. Say hi. <laughs> so um this week we have been eagerly watching our Zillow and our better homes and gardens to see if new houses in our search parameters pop up and nothing really has, um, nothing that's really a solid 
everything, several options, but most of them back up to commercial. I've seen probably two or three in our price range, and that might be what we're looking for pop up this week, but most of them back up to commercial, which is very bad for resale. And we'll, you can have Becky talk a little bit more about that um, next week. But you really, even if you're going to be in the house for 25 years, you need to think about resale value. Because okay. there's a lot of things you can't control about what's around your house. But you don't want to start off on a bad foot. There was one nice house, or looked nice house that we wanted to see. But it's literally the whole rest of the street is apartments. Which uh, nobody wants to live by. I don't. Because we've all been young kids in apartments or rental places. They're not the best uh, neighbors usually. Right. And then we did look at one place that backed up to one of our favorite brunch spots. But once again, that's horrible for resale and horrible for our wallets. <laughs> we literally could we hop, would be we doing could, brunch we, seven days a we week. We could <laughs> hop the fence and be there. And it only, it said it had two bedrooms, but it really only had like one and a half bedroom. Right. That was a huge issue. So now we're just kind of in another lull right now, waiting for something to get back on the market. Or... So this week we've done more bar hopping than house shopping. That's okay, because this is, podcast is about both. So we've been back in Kansas City for almost a month. And we finally, on Tuesday, made it out to Trivia for the first time, which if you know Zach and I, trivia is one of our favorite things to do. And Geeks Who Drink is a great trivia company that does trivia at bars all over Kansas City on different weeknights. It just depends on sort of what your schedule is like and what bars are close to you. So on Tuesday at 8 p.m., which is a little late for me. It's literally almost our bedtime, <laughs> even on the weekend sometimes. Yeah. We went to High Dive, which is on West 39th Street in Kansas City, and um, it's made semi-famous to people who go to West 39th Street <laughs> because it has mystery beers, which mystery beers, I'm glad you asked, is this beer machine. It looks like an old cigarette machine. It it's doesn't a, even look like a vending machine, yeah. It looks like an old cigarette machine. And it has the staples. It has Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, Coors Banquet, High Life. Those things are the staples. And then they also throw in a bunch of other random stuff. And for $250, you can have one of them. You might also get some nice ones. They've had some Bells Too Hearted and... They have Nebraska Brunette, which Nebraska Brewing is a solid brewing company. But like last week, you can also get... Uh, my first one was Natty Daddy, which is... <laughs> Who uh, knew that was even a thing? 8%, you know, uh, natural ice or whatever. And I also got... Um, I think we got a Genesee. I love um, a Genesee. PBR... I had a good one. What did I have? No, I had Miller High Life. Right after I had champagne. Well, I think it's a champagne of beers, so it's all right. Yeah. So it was um, like champagne to champagne. What? Sometimes you just get a whole <laughs> bunch of crappy ones. Sometimes you get intermixed. 
Yeah. I don't know. So I like your, them all. Your bill's probably pretty cheap at the end of the night. And they're the thing about high dive is like they serve good beers, they serve the cheap ministry beers, but their food is great. I've never had a meal there I don't like. So um we did that on Tuesday and um you know, people cheat at trivia. It's very disappointing. Like if we're gonna cheat, we're all we should all be cheating. <laughs> if we're not gonna cheat, none of us should be cheating. So Zach and I don't cheat at trivia. We do the best we can with what we have, which is our tiny brains. And we got tenth out of twelve. Yeah, and most everyone else got teams of six, so they're just two of us. And we were just a team of two because no one came out with us on a Tuesday night. When because we're old. Old and you people live in the suburbs or have kids or <laughs> just not or as we cool didn't of us. invite them because we didn't want them at trivia. Sorry if you didn't get an invite. You know who you are. <laughs> so it was just Zach and I. So for a team of two getting tenth place out of twelve teams, was, I was pretty proud. And tell them what our team name was. You get to make up a team name. It was Cheeseburgers in Paradise. Cheeseburgers in Paradise. So uh, that's what we did on Tuesday. And um, last night, yesterday was kind of a weird day at work for me. But um, last night I texted Zach and um, Hool Hands actually does this bounce back thing. So if you go, you get a little card and it's sealed up. And if you come back before a certain date in February, it's to get people in when things are slow. So you come back before a certain date in February and have your waiter or waitress open this card and it's like a free appetizer or whatever. So I went for work a couple weeks ago with our director of client services, Angela, and um, got a sealed envelope with this so-called surprise in it. And so when I texted Zach yesterday and said, please meet me for happy hour. I'm sorry if you're busy at work. <laughs> Tell me if you can't. And he said, no, let's do it because he's amazing. So we went up to Hula Hands and I got there first and I went in and I said, can I sit at the bar? And the hostess said, the bar's kind of busy. Sit over here. And then I sat down and I realized that you could only get happy hour specials if you're sitting at the bar or on the patio, but it's fucking cold. So no one's sitting on the patio. So I sat down and waited for Zach. And then Zach politely asked an older man to move to one side or the other because he was sitting in the middle of two empty seats, which is a freaking waste of bar stools. So move over. Never do that. That's rude. Um, anyway, he moved. And then the whole time we were sitting there, he proceeded to hawk some snot all the way from his nose up to his brain, down to his throat, which made it very hard to think about food. Sorry, Zach didn't it hear didn't it. It didn't bother me. Zach didn't hear it, but it was intense. It's like what you would do in your own private bathroom when you're trying to clear your sinuses. And he was doing it sitting next to me at the bar. Anyway, we've got a seat at the bar finally to get the happy hour specials. 
and it was great. I had the margaritas, and we had ahi tuna, and we had dumplings, and we had chicken, chicken lettuce wraps. You didn't like you did not like those. Uh, the sauce was a little too sweet. Zach really is not a fan of anything that's sweet and savory. I like them separately, not together. Yeah, anything sweet and savory, which to me is like the bread and butter of food. Like, I love a sweet and savory. So I ate most of that. <laughs> and then a spinach dip that he also didn't love. Um, but I like to eat something savory and then sweet afterwards. I don't want them in the same sauce. I just like multi-purposing, multitasking. Just too much for my mouth. <laughs> He's a simple guy. <laughs> Processing one flavor at a time. <laughs> so that's what we kind of did. And then tonight we went and got some Mexican food before we joined you on the podcast. At Rudy's, very another famous Kansas City joint. Yeah, it was good. It was my first time ever there. It was great. We sat at the bar, which we usually do. So, um, long story short, we didn't get the house, and then we had nothing else to occupy our brains this week, so we just drank about it. <laughs> um, but honestly, send in your questions via... Um, the text line, which I will tell you right now, is 928-380-3974. Again, text us any questions you have for Becky or anything about the podcast that you want to know or you want to hear at 928-380-3974. Unless you prefer social media because no one has texted us yet. No one has texted us yet. We've got We're Twitter waiting. and just set up Instagram tonight. Kayla can tell you the handles. So we are on Twitter and Instagram, you lovely people, because we want to be friends with you on there. And you can find us at Bar Shopping. It's, you know, it's a lot of shortened words in there because you got limited. B-A-R-S-H-O-P-P-I-N. Bar Shopping. And um, what we're going to do there when we start finding other houses to look at is sharing photos and maybe some videos. So make sure you like those or follow them on Twitter and Instagram because you'll get a sneak peek of everything we talk about on the podcast. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, next week, again, we'll have Becky Hopkins from Better Homes and Gardens on here to answer your real estate questions and concerns and musings. And do not send her any dick pics because I will not show them to her. She's a classy lady. And um, that's all, I think. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. Love you. Mean it. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> Yay!